time ago. There was a farmer whose wife gave birth to twins. But something was terribly wrong. Due to a rare embryonic mutation, the infants joined as one flesh and came into this world freaks. And the farmer hid them away. As they grew, it became clear that one was good and the other was evil. Good evening, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew. And this is Zach Brown. Well, this is episode 173. We're still in Podtober, and this is Crybaby Lane. Yeah. Uh, So, Zach, uh, we really appreciate having you on, Uh, you know, just right up front here so people know like wh- where can people find you in your art yeah yeah my instagram is zachary jackson brown art that's my handle and my website is zachary jackson brown and i do a lot of spooky artwork my favorite thing to draw is horror movie villains and monsters pop culture characters uh comic book characters especially batman and batman villains and i've done quite a lot of artwork for are You Afraid of the Dark, my favorite 90s Nickelodeon series. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. I've been listening for a couple years now, and it never fails to exceed my expectations. So I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. and, we, and we had you on for something that's like, Are You Afraid of the Dark adjacent? If, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark had a an evil... Uh, Underdeveloped twin. Underdeveloped. Exactly. Cue cue the echoing baby crying. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, Zach. Thanks so much for being on. We we've been a big fan of your art for a couple years now. In fact, you did you did a piece for our um, Dream Girl versus Dead Man's Mm -hmm. Float episode, which which is just a great piece of art. Um, So yeah, yeah, just just a huge fan thank you yeah that was way back when so <laughs> i love the versus episodes um yeah so check make sure you check out zach on instagram uh you kind of like you do are you afraid of the dark stuff but like you do a lot of like cool like 80s and 90s pop culture batman and um well even it and so that's some of my favorite stuff i guess stuff i'm drawing to yeah that's um that's my shtick i just i love drawing monsters and i've been doing that since i was a little kid if you see anything that deviates from that it's always a commission it's what someone else wants if if i'm left to my (laughs) own devices i just draw the same crap all over again it's always batman (laughs) it's always monsters it's always something like that and uh yeah you can thank the commissions for anything that deviates from it so (laughs) i enjoy it you know I enjoy that too, just to have a little change of pace. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, well, uh, you were one of the many people. There, there's been a bunch of people throughout the 
you know, we've done the podcast about three years and there's, um, I'd say like two to three people a year have emailed or messaged us about Crybaby Lane. Andrew, what was your familiarity with uh, this movie? I don't, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't think uh, before watching it for this episode, but as I watched through it, um, there were a few like images that seemed familiar to me. So maybe I had seen part of it in the past, but I, I could barely remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of gained like a legendary status. And, but I think, you know, at the time it was totally forgotten. Um, you know, I just pulled up, I pulled up the Wikipedia entry here. So for people who are like, what the heck is Crybaby Lane? Uh, you know, it is Nickelodeon. Um, and here, here's what the just opening part of the Wikipedia entry says. It says, Crybaby Lane is a Nickelodeon television film that premiered on October 28th, 2000. The film was never aired outside of the United States, nor dubbed in any other language. It was not rebroadcast broadcast until 2011 and has never received a home media release similar to the 2003 nickelodeon filmed the electric piper which i have no idea what that is this was this is also considered a lost film for over a decade since its original airing in 2000 during snick's halloween special that was hosted by melissa joan hart it was widely to be believed to be withheld from re-release because of controversies surrounding this film but a Nickelodeon representative stated that the film had been merely forgotten. In 2011, a copy was discovered on Reddit, and the ensuing reaction prompted Teen Nick to re-air the film on October 31st, 2011. Crybaby Lane also became a centerpiece for a, cre for a creepypasta of the same name. Um, <laughs> so, the gist here is that it aired in 2000, there's two two lines of thinking here, which is I, I I've heard that there was a huge backlash from parents of like you know don't air that pretty much immediately. Uh, mm -hmm. The other line of thinking is Nickelodeon said they just like forgot about it and just never re-aired it, which seems hard to believe um, because uh, you know the price I saw here is they spent about eight hundred thousand dollars on it. Um, mm -hmm. So. Uh, <laughs> so it it became <laughs> forgotten and then Reddit resurrected it. Yeah, that's weird. That's a great story. I mean, not to jump ahead too far, but uh, that story is maybe better than the uh, <laughs> movie itself. How, how dare you? Um, no, it's... Uh, yeah, it, it actually... You know, that's kind of a good point. Like, a movie about this would probably be more interesting than Crime yeah. Um but it does, it has like re-aired, I think, several times now on um, like the off-brand Nick stations, Team Nick and what have you. Mm. I think they, I think it's been shown at least three or four times since 2011. So it's out there. And if you want to watch it, um, it is in all, all one hour and 10 minutes are on YouTube uh, in pretty good quality. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the equivalent of three. Are you afraid of the darks? I guess. Yeah, and I mean, um, like, I mean, you know, I know we're not like getting into ratings or anything yet, but like, it didn't feel that long, even though it wasn't good. Oh, well, I don't know, a good. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it was different, it didn't feel like I did. I wasn't like angry trying to get through it. No, 
um, I was a little annoyed trying to um, like pin down all the story elements in a coherent way. Just, <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, I mean, you know, I wasn't mad that I watched it. <laughs> so, so Joey, I was actually one of those kids that saw it in two thousand. Um, when it aired and I remember I have a very distinct memory of watching it at my grandma's house that night with Melissa Joan Hart uh, hosting and everything and the only thing I remember about the whole movie and I won't give away the second part because we'll we'll talk about it anyways but I just really remember the very beginning of it and thinking like wow this is really dark and kind of creepy so I think I I was 11 at the time that that came out, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of this weird memory. I think it was, um, it was definitely scarier in my memory than it was to, you know, follow up on the real thing years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's incredible that you caught. I was, I was actually, I watched it last night and I was just sitting there going like, man, it would have been cool to catch this on the original run. Yeah. Um, did you have any feeling like afterwards of like, Oh, I hope I catch that again. Or was it just kind of like a forgotten thought at that time? It's very strange. I think it's kind of surreal where it's one of those movies that I saw when I was younger, where I didn't remember what the name of it was. And I just kind of had little bits and pieces of it floating around in my head. And I think I definitely associated it with, are you afraid of the dark in some way? And I, I must've just, mixed it together and thought it was one of those episodes and never really thought about it again, actually. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That sounds, that sounds right. <laughs> I mean, within, within the first like two minutes of this, of, of watching it, I said to myself, like, how on earth did this air? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I turned to the person next to me and I said, like, literally, how did this get through the script writing phase? Uh, like who approved it? Um, Cause it just seems like something that like nobody was checking on or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyway, this thing airs in uh, October 28th, 2000. And uh, this is, by the way, I think this is the first Nickelodeon movie we're doing any kind of review of. We still haven't done oh, like Harry yeah. the spy or snow day. Mm-hmm. So Crybaby lane <laughs> has a special status. here. It's <laughs> a good one to start off. <laughs> Guess. <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if anything, you know, I think probably more people need to hear about this one than those other ones. So, um, Andrew, do you want to just jump right into it? Uh, sure. Well, do we, should we hear the, uh, intro story? Sure. Now it happened that one of the twins fell ill and because they shared the same liver, The illness quickly spread, and they both perished. Not wanting to expose his shame, the farmer decided to unjoin the bodies and bury only the good son in the town cemetery. He buried the evil son in a fallow field at the end of an old dirt road called Cry Baby Lane. Because legend has it, anyone caught out there at night on that desolate road can hear the cries of the evil child calling for vengeance from beyond the grave. 
so basically, <laughs> a farmer had conjoined twins, and he split them apart, and ended up burying the evil twin um, <laughs> at Crybaby Lane. Do you hear uh, what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the good twin ended up uh, in the regular cemetery. <laughs> you know, I definitely, um, I definitely yeah, yeah. thought that you know the movie was going to make a point of like you know little kids can't be evil or good. You know, like the good kid yeah, went yeah. here, the evil kid like they're. I'm like, surely they're going to correct this narrative. And uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's really a spoiler to say that they absolutely do not. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, they like dig their heels in on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, does this story sound familiar to either of you two? I don't know. Um, Only the fact that I, that's the thing I remember the most as a kid when I watched it was that beginning story uh, freaking yeah. me out. And I had this, this memory in my child's eye that you saw the farmer cutting them apart and <laughs> it, like this, this terrible imagery in my head, but yeah. I guess I just, you know, cooked that up in my own imagination. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i mean the story of it is pretty vivid um i do Uh, feel like there's there there are some ohio legends of like kind of things like this yeah um i don't know if exactly um, i will say this i i found this out in my research um there is a crybaby lane in raleigh north carolina where i used to i lived there for about four years and that story has more to do with a, I think it was a uh, an orphanage, a children's orphanage that did burn down with kids inside, and they died. And you know, they say if you're out there at night, you can hear them crying. And that was yeah. kind of like a, I think it was something that actually happened. Of course, not the crying and everything, but that's where the <laughs> the name came from, at least from what I had found out. And yeah. I'm surprised that when I lived in Raleigh, I never never knew about it, and never uh, went to go see it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Well, what I was uh, really getting at is there's a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode (laughs) in which it turns out that Bart has an evil twin that was um, originally attached to him and he was being kept in the attic. Um, But it's like a very (laughs) similar story. I thought that had to be... Sorry. Was this pre Crybaby Lane? Um, yes. Okay. So I mean, I like I'd be surprised if they didn't take it right from that, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> I don't I don't know just because it seems like I'm so I guess I was going to get into it on trivia, but um I you know, cr- there is such a thing in like multiple states as Crybaby Bridge. Uh. Um and you know, the guy who wrote and directed, uh, well, co-wrote and directed this episode is from Ohio. Oh. And uh, there are four different locations in Ohio. One's called Rogue's Hollow, the Screaming Bridge of Maud Hughes Road, uh, the Egypt Road in Salem, Ohio, and Windsor Road, which is, um, we talked about, um, we talked about last episode with Kevin, the uh, Melonheads. Yeah. <laughs> and uh the the um this this bridge is near where the supposed melon heads are in the woods. Ah. Um so 
there's a rich history of uh, crybaby lanes. And there's one in Virginia, one in Kentucky, one in Maryland, three in Texas, uh, wow. one in Utah, and uh, according to Zach, one in Raleigh. Wow. <laughs> a lack of originality. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, pretty cool. Um so uh, the story starts off with brothers Andrew and Carl enthralled listening to the local undertaker, Mr. Bennett, tell them the tale of Crybaby Lane when his creepy nephew, Kenneth, uh, interrupts and the boys take off for home. Yeah. Um, I just uh, want to say about this. Uh, I kind of like them riding through the town throughout the credits. Oh. That's a good oh, yeah. Just, you know, kid riding your bike at night imagery. Um, that and there's like a very repetitive score in the movie. And it really slaps. I mean, it's like um, <laughs> it's it, I would describe the theme song of this movie like the Munsters meets Erie, Indiana uh, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's uh, it's got the creepy feel, but it's still like upbeat enough not to like get you down. Yeah. Uh, that night, Andrew wakes from a nightmare about the old farmhouse and the crying baby, and Mom warns both of the kids not to go back to the funeral home. The next morning, while hanging out with his friend Hall in their clubhouse, the Hobbit Hole, Andrew <laughs> wishes they could have a real adventure. To make up for them getting in trouble with Mom, Andrew follows Carl to the graveyard, and they set things up to scare their girlfriends, their friends that are girls. So, question here: They, yeah. it seems like they just pick a random grave, and yeah. they get it right. Is that right? Like they just like <laughs> randomly like say like, okay, we'll set it up here, and then it, that turns out to be the exact right spot. That does seem to be the case. I mean, it I doesn't don't... look like they're looking for it very hard. Yeah. No, like he doesn't, he can't even remember when the girls question and question him on the grave. Like he doesn't even know what they're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Carl, go ahead. Probably just a uh, slight story oversight. Sure. Um, So when the girls show up for the seance, they gather around a gravestone and Carl tells them the story of crybaby. If my mom knew I was at a seance with you, I'd be grounded. She says you're a bad influence. I want to bring back Princess Di. Figures. Who do you want to bring back? Princess Leia? People, please. We're here for a reason. You can only resurrect a spirit when you're at their grave. What about psychics? They do in your living room. That's different. Uh-huh. You girls ever heard the story of Crybaby Lane? It was in the 50s. 60s. 60s. Right. There was this farmer whose wife gave birth to these Siamese twins. Gross. What was his name? Muller. Anyway. His first name. Why? What was his first name? Oh, Bill. I don't know. You ask a lot of questions for girls. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. Can I go on, please? I'm trying to set the mood here. Come on, Carl. What? Maybe Andrew should tell the story. No way! I'm telling the story. Now listen. At the end, he says that the good kid was buried in the very grave they're sitting over. Carl calls for the boy's spirit to rise, and they hear ominous laughing coming from nearby. 
Suddenly, the laughing changes to a shredding guitar, and the boys admit it was all just a joke. <laughs> Who's that? Where? Don't you see it? Carl, stop it! Ha, ha, ha. It was Carl's idea. Pretty good, huh? Carl! That was pretty scary. But I was totally unscared. Oh, right. <laughs> Cut it out, Carl. Carl? <laughs> is, is Carl one of the worst uh, Nickelodeon creations ever? <laughs> <laughs> he is terrible. I was. I'm glad you uh, thought that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has a quote here where he literally says, "You ask a lot of questions for girls." Like he's like super. He's super sexist. I mean, he's a misogynist for sure. Like he mocks his little brother all the time for like not being manly enough. He's really into wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just seems kind of like a creep. He's yeah. like a dime store buzz from Home Alone. <laughs> Poor man's buzz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, oh, I, you know what? I wanted to just mention um, the this whole, like, uh, however they're making this laughter come out. Hmm. Um, they don't really explain that. Is that, like, obvious to you? Is that a easy thing to set up? What do you mean? Like the, the tape recorder setup? Yeah. Like how are um, they making it play from across the the Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't I don't know the technological setup. Do you know, Zach? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's kind of one of those things I just like glossed over whenever yeah. I was watching and I was like, oh, I guess it just works. <laughs> yeah. There's hey, a lot hey, of glo- just... Yeah. There's a lot of glossing in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what did you uh, think of the, um, you know, one thing that gets introduced here and that is um, pretty much repeated throughout the film is yeah. uh, the glowing yellow worms. <laughs> yes. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. It made me think of Goosebumps, actually. Uh, uh, not even just the Goey Worms story, but the uh, Goosebumps TV show. I, I feel like the dog's eyes glowing or it just seemed like something that I would see in a little clip from the opening of that show. Yeah. Yeah, there actually is a moment in this that pans over a dog's eyes glowing just like mm-hmm. in Erie, Indiana. It's like almost the same shot. Um I uh I really like the glowing worm like imagery. I like looking at it, but I feel like it makes just no sense for this. <laughs> I mean, it took me like you know, 3 quarters of the way through to even like grasp what the worms might be doing (laughs) (laughs) and what conclusion did you reach because i'm not sure i know (laughs) i think that they have some they're like somehow transporting the kids back to the graves later in the story i'm not sure what they have to do with like right now but um they seem to have that like connection yeah, I don't know if that maybe they're just showing up when they transport. The whole transporting thing is strange too. But can I ask another question? Something that was kind of bothering me. Yeah. How how old do you think the twins were when they died? Okay, so <laughs> I wrote this down in my notes because I 
I was picturing a child, and uh, you know, we'll discuss later the visual representation <laughs> of this other character who looks to be an adult or at least a teenager. Yeah. And I, I could not freeze frame the gravestone to find out, but I did look and uh-huh. research, and apparently somebody else found out. And apparently, they're supposed to be seven years old. Oh, so that kind of like. I just don't get the connection there <laughs> later in the story either. So definitely yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's like on the one hand, they're babies pretty much. On the other hand, they're like the guy looks almost like an adult. And then the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But they give you no clues towards that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's... I don't know how you're supposed to know, like, about them being good or evil or not, because I know in the original story he says that he was so ashamed of them for being conjoined that he kept them in their room their entire yeah. lives. So I'm like, well, what did he really do that was that bad that he knew he was just, you know, evil to the yeah. core yeah. <laughs> he just, at he seven? Just fell for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next day, Mr. Bennett wakes the cemetery groundskeeper, Gary, to dig a hole, and they're attacked by a ferocious dog. Well, Gary, all you gotta do is dig a hole. You think all I have to do is dig a hole? Well, yes. Did you notice anything funny last night? You think I live here? Oh, no, I thought you just, uh, it might be passing by. You guys, give me that. I'll put it in the lost and found. Hey, man, I don't like no dogs. Mary's an old sweetheart. What is it, girl? Oh, man. When I say so, run. Um, in what might be my favorite sequence of the entire movie. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, you get that score going. Uh, and it get, it's like it's pretty like like I don't know what the word is just like mad. It's uh, you know the the dog attacks the groundskeeper. Frank Langella hops in the uh, hearse and is like peeling out in the cemetery. <laughs> it's 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 pretty crazy. Yeah, it's just a high uh, energy scene. Yeah. Um, By the way, uh, were you excited to see Frank Langella as Mr. Bennett? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, he, that was like, yeah, that was one of the highlights of this. I kept thinking about, I kept thinking, because he's like, you know, he's a pretty well-respected actor. I mean, when he shows yeah. up on screen, it feels like, oh, okay, this guy is like, you know, <laughs> one of the greats. Yeah. And I kept thinking, like, what was he thinking to himself while he was making this movie? Like, is is this, this has to be a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a favor to someone. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I was actually really just like appreciating his performance in this because I thought like this is kind of beneath him, but he's like bringing it. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I, I really enjoyed because the groundskeeper here, he is not like the best actor. And yeah. I just really appreciated that like Frank Langelo was like, you know, all right, I'll do I'll do a scene yeah. in this guy's like, <laughs> you know, trailer park home. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Andrew's trying to figure out how to apologize to Kathy when Mr. Bennett shows up at the house. 
After finding the boy's candle and cassette tape in the graveyard, he wants to see if they know anything about the dog, but their mom kicks him right out. I thought this was kind of funny, this whole sequence. Um, Like, what's the point of this happening, almost? Uh, Just so we know. could go for a lot of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much all the family aspects. I'm like, why did we just watch that scene? There's, <laughs> yeah. there's, um, there's a family drama aspect to this movie that absolutely yeah. doesn't work. Like the mom and dad clearly hate each other. Yeah. Uh, they disagree on parenting style. Um, and like, there are scenes literally devoted in this movie to the parents disagreeing and like the scene then ends, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it did seem at times like they were just trying to do something to make it like um, to give the parents like a reason for not being around, I guess, while all this is happening. Like they're trying yeah. to give their kids space to be edgy or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> they're both extremely unlikable and <laughs> the mother, you, I don't know. I feel like they go out of, go out of the way to make her just seem so overbearing and just unpleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, the town is being terrorized by a pack of teenage girls. And as Andrew takes Mm -hmm. off to find Kathy, he gets in a fight with Hall. Not now, Hall. Man, this is great. I'll go get my bike. Hall, you can't come. What? Because it's a girl? I know a girl for you. Hall, what have I told you about breathing my air? You don't scare me. Forget it, Hall. She likes you. I'm not going out with your mom. Yeah, but if you marry her, you could be my dad. Hall, look, you're nine. I'm 12. I'm 12 years old. You gotta stop coming over. You're a good kid. My mom was right about you. You are pathetic. This is kind of like Andrew being too cool for Hall. Yeah, it's a weird thing now like it doesn't even feel like it should be happening kind of yeah the only moment we had was at the the hobbit hole yeah club yeah. and you know the only thing we know about this kid is like he's kind of he's younger he's tiny he likes lord of the rings seemingly yeah. like star wars and uh yeah like his there are characters in this movie that just don't feel necessary to moving it along <laughs> yeah uh, when the boys reach the train tracks, Carl races to beat the train, and he gets transported by the glowing worms back to the graveyard. That's my <laughs> guess, of course, or my interpretation. <laughs> this train, this uh, train sequence where you know he's like racing on his bike to try to get to yeah. the track. Man, Andrew's acting hard here. He is uh, <laughs> like he's like screaming. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good moment. Uh, actually, <laughs> it was so effective. I didn't even really like question this. I mean, I questioned why he was riding towards the tracks, but um, you know, his I guess his performance paid off. <laughs> All right, I have got to get an understanding on the worms and transporting them. I uh, I guess I should just take it at face value that it's supernatural magic, but I. Kind of wonder if they're like under their shoes and just glide them along back to the <laughs> yeah. cemetery or are they pulling them under the ground. <laughs> well, speaking of pulling under the ground, the girls are waiting for him back at the cemetery 
and with their eyes glowing, he gets sucked down into the earth by a weird creature. Presumably, um, the evil twin. Help! Somebody please help me! Help! You're mine! Sir! <laughs> would you call it a creature i like i couldn't even tell what was happening <laughs> uh i thought i forgot that he was even supposed to be like a human twin and he came across to me as like some sort of like uh i don't even know how to describe it like a <laughs> earth type manifestation monster okay all right, I can I can see that I guess. Um, but I, uh, you know, I was just overthinking it. Obviously, <laughs> um, uh, back at the tracks, as soon as the train passes, Andrew is met by Carl, who promises to take him to Kathy. But they soon come to an old barn, and Carl tricks Andrew into his underwear to be pelted by the girls. Calm down, calm down. I have a plan. Okay. It's freezing. Stand over by the space heater. I'll run home and get you some clothes. What space heater? Um, yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, like, so this is the most uncomfortable sequence of the whole movie. It is. Yeah, Andrew uh, follows. Andrew follows. Uh, uh, what's his idiot brother's name? Um, Carl. <laughs> Carl. Uh, he follows Carl to the barn, and then he strips down because why? He got so mud what? on his clothes. Yeah. He like fell down and got mud on him. But are they doing this because they're possessed, or are they doing this because they're absolute monsters? Are girls? Uh, either right? Carl's there. Oh yeah, Carl's definitely possessed. The okay, he's possessed. <laughs> Maybe a combination of uh, <laughs> being mean and being possessed. Yeah, this is an insane sequence. And then we get like three minutes of this kid running around town in his underwear. Yeah. But there's a bull, too. Yeah. There's like, he lets a bull, bull loose in the bar. What? <laughs> what is happening with that? I actually had to rewind that to see like what I missed. <laughs> Just like happened all of a sudden. Um, yeah, and it states. <laughs> and it's so weird like it first of all it looks weird it's like see i don't know if it's cgi or what um and then when he escapes like out the door there's a brief moment where you see this like farmer i guess mm-hmm. who came to open the door to save him but um, doesn't help him get clothes or anything yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird um man yeah yeah Weirdest scene in the movie, probably. (laughs) That's saying a lot, too, in this movie. (laughs) I I do have a vote for a weirder scene, but we'll get there. Oh, okay. Um, As he's stealing clothes from a nearby clothesline, he passes a bunch of drunk guys with glowing eyes burning their own boat, and he ends up back at the funeral parlor. Uh, This whole thing with these guys and burning their boat, it's like, I'm, I'm not sure what the purpose of this was. I guess just I, to show the evil twins' influence over the town, but it comes <laughs> off as just bizarre. Yeah, I wish they would have just been a little clearer that, like, okay, 
everyone's possessed. You know what I mean? It just feels like you start guessing like, oh, okay, I guess these guys are, but why? Yeah. Um, and also just, I just thought about like in the budget, the fact that they wasted so much money exploding a boat. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> For nothing. Just, like it has nothing to do with anything. No, it's just, what a waste of resources. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Andrew explains what happened to Mr. Bennett and the undertaker tells him the truth about the conjoined twins. Andrew, well, let me tell you a story. Not now. Listen, it's about the farmer who had the Siamese twins. Well, there's something I forgot to mention. After the twins died and they were separated, there was a mistake. And? The bodies got put into the wrong graves. The good son was buried out in the field, and the evil one was put in the grave where you had your seance last night. I think you roused an evil spirit. And I think everything that comes across turns evil. You're telling me one story, and now you're telling me another story. I'm the one who separated the bodies. How do you omit that from the original telling? <laughs> he didn't want he to admit it, maybe. Blame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he definitely knows he's a bad undertaker. Uh, I mean, he says as much. Yeah. Um, I just, I um, I don't know. I got the sense when I heard the story that I thought the farmer was the one that buried the evil twin. Yeah. Out yeah. in this, like, oh. shallow, it was like a shallow grave and this, like, at the end of an old dirt road. And I'm like... So he went out there and did it, and I was like, "You can't tell his left from his right." I mean, surely he knows like yeah. which one, he, which side he cut on. Yeah, yeah. And again, here's Plus, another. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. I was just gonna say they'd have a huge scar like all the way down the length of their body. Um, yeah, on the one side. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, again, they're doubling down here on. You know, Bennett is saying pretty much that, like, they're buried in the wrong spot and we have to correct that. Not that, like, not that, like, you know, I I just was waiting for the moral of, like, you know, this is not a thing, right? Like, children are not evil. But it was like, no, we got to get that evil boy in the cemetery and throw him in a shallow grave in a field. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it is insane. Um, So Bennett suggests that they raise the spirit of the good twin and fix the mistake, and it might fix everything. (laughs) But before they can try, Andrew's mom shows up to take him home. Uh, She's fuming. Oh, yeah. Uh, She's just, she's ready to, (laughs) she's ready to pound Mr. Bennett. I want you to know I'm going to have you reported. Hello, Ann. Come on. You look nice. I don't know who to, but you are not going to get away with this. Let's go. Whatever you do, don't let yourself be alone with Carl. You stop scaring my children. Oh, I'm going to call the police. I'll have a restraining order put on you, you Andrew, be careful. You'll be lucky if you're not running. Uh, meanwhile, Bennett goes to Gary for help, and the groundskeeper tells of a superstition that every soul has a root keeping it in the soil, and if you cut the weed, you cut the soul loose. 
when he gets back to oh. the funeral parlor. Yeah. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about the fact that the grounds, the groundskeeper, um, he had faked an injury, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> so he had faked an injury. This is all non essential to the movie, but it's important that we, we discuss it. Um, <laughs> and when we see him again, he is preparing for a date. He is like lighting candles, he's dancing to music. Um, yeah. He's got like a red cloth over a light to give the the, the house a tint. Ambiance. <laughs> a little ambiance. There you go. And then like when Bennett uh, answers, he blows out the candles, turns off the music, take, you know, gets rid of the tint. Um, why? Why do we see? Why do we see even one second of this? What? Why? <laughs> it, it astounds me that the undertaker doesn't know this superstition himself. And that the only reason we're going to see this uh, this guy is to get that one little bit of information because <laughs> they pulled that root up at the beginning of the movie. I do yeah. like the fact that he's they. This feels more adult because the men were definitely drinking something when they burned the boat, and then he's also uh-huh. partaking of some box wine. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he pours himself a little box wine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then he, like, very reluctantly tells Bennett this theory. Oh, man. Hey, could you give me an aspirin? What did you mean about bad luck? Aren't you going to ask me how I'm feeling? It's important. I I wasn't saying anything. It's just a superstition, that's all. You said it was bad luck. Now, anything could happen. Yeah, it's bad luck when you're messing with the stones, like when you cut the grass. It's bad luck if you cut too close to the stones. Why? It's stupid. Why? They say every grave has like a weed or a root that grows out of the soul of the dead guy. If you cut the weed, you cut the soul loose, okay? You cut the soul loose? It's stupid. Dead people stay dead. Oh. Like, yes, Bennett has to drag it out of him, um, and then this whole, this just this whole sequence is like five minutes of why, why did, who, you know, do you, you feel? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I also just want to say the like I could tell something was going on with the root at the beginning of the episode, like when the kids were by the gravestone, but I had no clue what or why, like like it was a weird. I don't know. It's just this weird moment where I felt like I should know what's going on, but I had no clue. Um, it seemed like he hid the tape recorder further uh, away from where they were sitting. But yeah, yeah. You watched him pull the root up next to the the gravestone of the twin, yeah. and just set it there. But they were sitting right next to it, and I feel like it was somewhere else, like away from them. So I got a little bit confused by that too. Yeah, very mm. strange. Okay. But it's very um, important that if anybody's listening to this and is not going to watch Crybaby Lane, and <laughs> if you're this far into it, I, you know, I guess why would you? Uh, it's very important to note that the root coming out of the ground is essential to dealing with this evil. Baby. Yes, this root is the thing that Gary, the groundskeeper, is saying is like keeping the evil twin alive somehow. I guess. Yeah. So when Bennett gets back to the funeral parlor, he's attacked by Hall, who is now one of the zombies. (laughs) 
this is my vote for craziest scene. <laughs> yeah. Just smacking him in the legs with the with the yeah, uh, lightsaber. <laughs> Frank Langella is you know sixty years old when they film this. Uh, this kid is like three foot tall with a plastic lightsaber, <laughs> and the implication is that he nearly kills him. Ouch! That hurt. A ring of gold to rule them all, to seek them and to find them. A ring of gold to be their king, and in my power bind them. Excuse me? All right, that's it, kid. Yeah, yeah. With by whacking him with a lightsaber, lightsaber. Three times. <laughs> I mean, when they find him, they legit think he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. At the very least, he's got a concussion or something. But <laughs> I've got. I had one of those lightsabers as a kid, and they're not heavy. It's just like a hollow yeah. plastic tube. Yeah. I do love like the moment of him getting smacked and collapsing to the ground. Uh, It's just, I don't know. (laughs) Totally bonkers. Back at the house, Carl tries to attack Andrew, but Andrew has already run off to Bennett's, where the Undertaker tells him to find the evil twins' root at Crybaby Lane. Listen carefully. There's a weed or a vine that grows out of the grave. It comes from the twin's heart. You have to cut the root. A a weed that grows from its heart? There's a stone. You have to go to Crybaby Lane. I... I don't understand. I'll take the check. Mr. Bennett! Ben! I, I don't know how to get there! I do. Um... And I just want to note in this moment where Bennett's telling him what's going on, uh, he mentioned he suddenly mentions a stone. He's like, you have to get the stone. Um, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> there's like no other mention of it anywhere else. It's just it's just so weird. I did notice there was a, a mistake, at least that Bennett himself got the lore wrong where the Gravedigger said that the root was connected to the what I'm assuming is the any corpse has a root growing out of it yeah. in any grave, and the corpse that's <laughs> it's the root's connected to the corpse's soul, but Bennett says yeah. it's connected to the heart. Uh, and I was like, yeah. oh, he's even getting the lore wrong, and I'm just was, <laughs> not sure where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Um. Kenneth leads them in a high-speed chase with the zombie police until they're driven off the road outside the very farmhouse from the story. What was that? I think he's trying to drive us off the road. We are off the road. Um, uh, this, yeah, yeah. Is this pre? Is this cop chase? Did you skip cop chase? Yes, this is the chase. Okay. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is a great scene. Uh, yes. It's high speed chase. One of the best of the movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> high <Yeah>. octane action. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's l- like legitimately maybe one of the better. Uh, I don't know. It just seems a little more professional than the rest of the movie, this chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the yeah, it looks great. Like the fact that it's a hearse kind of makes it interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Kenny's an interesting character. Yes. I felt like he wasn't uh, fleshed out enough even, you know? No, when you, when you, when you first see him at the start of the movie, he looks super creepy, uh, working, working at the, um, the funeral home. And then at this point they've kind of ditched that for this kind of like, he almost seems like a, like a stoner idiot. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I wish they would have had a, uh, part of the storyline where Kenneth like turned out to be, um, like somehow connected to the weird goings on. Like he was an experiment of Bennett's and somehow he came back to life. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, so they follow the cries out into the cornfield and they're chased by a giant corn harvester. Um, in another, I mean, I, I like Briefly. this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kenneth is seemingly impaled in his hearse and Andrew is surrounded by the girls. Kenneth. Hi, Andrew. Hi. What do, you, what do you want? We're bored. Yeah. We want to play a game. I'm busy. Maybe some other time. You'll like this game. Kiss me, Andrew. What? I want you to kiss me. Don't you like me? know what's happened to you. Kiss and tell. No! (laughs) You have a choice, Andrew. Kiss. Or Chi-Chi. What's (laughs) Chi-Chi? Just let me go, okay? This was a moment where I actually, like, I think I said out loud, like, whoa, or something. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Um, they try to make him the girls try to make um, Andrew one of them but he escapes and winds up at the good twins headstone oh you're, you're going past something crazy now oh oh geez so the the Chi Chi thing like the all the like possessed girls or whatever I just remember that oh, was yeah, really weird yeah. to me they were trying to make, you know, Andrew kiss that one girl. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's either kisser or chi-chi. And I was like, what is chi-chi? And then it was, you know, the, she opens her mouth and he's like getting close to her and there's spider on her tongue. And then chi-chi yeah. is just a very large girl, very burly, with like a Girl Scout uniform on. And she chases Andrew into the cornfield. Oh, uh, this was another insane scene this whole sequence like um (laughs) it just doesn't even make any sense like what is this spider thing suddenly too like uh there's no mention of this all of a sudden they throw in another aspect to this uh supernatural stuff going on um and yeah yeah go ahead I, I think like my overall takeaway of, at a lot of this is like this could have been a really cool movie had they just decided to like simplify. It's yes. just too complicated. Yeah, um, for sure. It has like a lot of good, interesting ideas. They just don't <laughs> quite mesh together. No. Can I point out another complaint I had? Um, I 
Did you notice that sometimes like the sound is of a crying baby, which with our knowledge now, it doesn't seem like that should be right. And (laughs) (laughs) uh, sometimes it sounded like a full grown man, like talking from the ground. Yeah. There wasn't like voice consistency. Yeah. Um, And now I'm, I'm having trouble like remembering even how many time, how many lines there were from the, evil twin um so i think he doesn't actually speak until the part you're getting ready to get to ah. um i think because other than that you just hear like kind of little giggling laughter every now and then yeah yeah <laughs> sound effects <laughs> um so when andrew pulls on the vine growing next to the stone he's transported to the cemetery and is sucked into the ground just like his brother succumbs to its power, but as the earth collapses in around him, he manages to cut the root around the skeleton's heart. So um, this part, um, yeah. this is what I wrote down about the evil twin. This is when I got really confused about the age, because it looks like an adult. Um, it reminded me of Beetlejuice, because he's like just hanging out <laughs> under the <laughs> earth, and he's eating worms, and I yeah. said that he looks like David Tennant in Harry Potter yeah. as the Barty Crouch <laughs> character. That was like, he really reminded me of him, but he was very just weird. I felt like they were just trying to come up with someone very sinister. He has long fingernails and long toenails poking out of his shoes. Yeah, it was just so so bizarre. The skeleton also looked like an adult skeleton, not a <laughs> yeah. seven-year-old child. So yeah. it's not just it's not just the the soul's uh personification i guess it, yeah, it's yeah. just very weird there yeah um, I, I love the i love the uh david Tennant harry potter comparison because yeah it seems <laughs> like it seems like kind of this like sickly man you know crunch mm-hmm. like like crunched over um and that's why i got so confused i'm like wait we're like the twins adults like did the, <laughs> yeah. the, did the dad just like kill adult conjoined twins Um, so it starts feeling very confusing once they're underground. Yeah. Um, I also just want to mention the look of what's going on when they're underground with the camera, like, uh, tilted and, you know, there's like, uh, um, like, uh, dirt kind of obscuring part of the picture. Um, but it was to the point where it was like, I couldn't really see what was going on like i can't even believe all those details of the guy i was looking at him but i was not uh noticing all that 
Yeah, I um, I just don't understand what pulling the root out of the skeleton does <laughs> because they pulled the root out from the grave in the first place, and that's what I guess woke him up. Um, so now that he's yeah. also removing it from the skeleton <laughs> itself, I'm not really sure what what that does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, while Andrew wakes up next to the grave, the spell broken, and Kathy is waiting for him. Back in the cornfield, Kenneth climbs out of the car, and the farmer that tried to kill him is back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> when Andrew gets back home, Carl apologizes for what he did. I really had a strange dream. Yeah? Yeah. Well, maybe I am insane. No, you're not. You're okay. You watch too much wrestling, but... Yeah. Okay, pay attention to me, Andrew. I'm only gonna say this once. I've been doing some thinking, and, um... If you ever tell anyone that I apologize to you, I'm gonna deny it, and then I'm gonna rip your throat out. That's all. And Bennett's voice says that that's the way it happened. Andrew sits next to Kathy on the couch of the funeral parlor, listening to The Undertaker's story, while back at the Hobbit Hole, Hall has found a new friend in Carl. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know... This whole wrap-up, like, the Carl, like, I'm not apologizing, but I'm apologizing. Yeah. And Andrew Andrew on the couch, like, with his new girl. You know, <laughs> all felt all felt a little, like, stupid, but I did kind of love the Carl and uh, Hall in yeah. the Hobbit hole ending. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I wish they would have fleshed that out even a little more Hall, but... Yes. Uh, yeah. But I, did you also notice that this movie has like an anti-doctor bent? Like, yes. uh, there are several moments where Bennett is just like absolutely no on doctors. Like, yeah. Like, should we take you to a doctor? He's like, if you want me to die. And then like, there's another moment where he's just like, doctors will kill you. Um, yeah. Like, Boy. Yeah. <laughs> there's just from the same man that sawed uh, two corpses in half. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff um, uh, with that Bennett says. Um, one of the th- other things I noted was when he came over their house and he was talking to their mom, and he says like, "I guess you must be mad about what happened to your mom at your mom's funeral." Like, um, oh. it was on an honest <laughs> mistake. Um, just hinting at something. In the- <laughs> oh wow, uh, I missed I missed that one, but that's good. <laughs> just so weird <laughs> yeah i i have a couple lines for my straight observations that i liked i mean not a ton but uh yeah. a couple here that i liked um well yeah that so that wraps up the story of crybaby lane um should we get into some of the details here yeah let's do it hi this is bios trivia ratings and stray observations um well, of course, I took a look at Mr. Bennett, who's played, played by Frank Langell, as we mentioned. Um, and some of his more notable roles, if you're not familiar with him, were uh, Masters of the Universe, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Ninth Gate, The Box, and uh, recently, 
the Jim Carrey series Kidding on oh, Showtime. Oh yeah, I forgot that he. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that he was on Kidding. Yeah. Um, I you know I I also really liked him in um. You mentioned the box that was good, but he was also very good as um, Nixon and Frost Nixon. Uh, not not like the most exciting movie, but uh, mm-hmm. he was really good. And then there's a little like independent movie that's like really one of my favorites from the last ten years called Robot and Frank. Um, oh yeah, I, I saw that. That was good. Yeah, yeah, like a really charming movie. He plays this guy who's getting dementia, and it's like the future. And then these robots exist to help like people, like people with dementia, and. Uh, I don't know. It's a really like, it's a very, very, uh, I don't know. I just want to plug that movie, Robot and Frank. Cool. I did make a note that Jim Gaffigan was in this movie for about three minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I know. So weird. Yeah. He plays, he, he essentially just plays a disgruntled, uh, uh, customer, right? Like, yeah. He's, he's unhappy with, uh, Bennett's, uh, billing. Yeah, yeah, something and, about he didn't want cold cuts to be served at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of like a pointless moment, but it was great because it was Jim Gaffigan. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, I uh, I took a look at Andrew just because of his name. Um, and he's played by <laughs> Jace Blankford. <laughs> this was his first credit of seven total credits. Um, nothing else really notable that i noticed um i also took a look at the evil twin he was played by rob newton and he only has two credits this and kablam race rabbit oh interesting it's very weird um and finally i took a look at carl he's played by lark spies <laughs> and get this are, do you guys know who carl is before i tell you like besides who in this like movie? in real life yeah, no. yeah. Uh, oh man <laughs> He was on Strangers with Candy as Jerry's stepbrother. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and even more even more incredible, he was Ned Richmond. Pete and Pete. It's an episode of oh, Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete. <laughs> um uh, keep going, keep going, Ned Richmond. Um well, I'll but, just tell you, uh it's the uh Halloweeny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the one that gets like hung up in the tree. Yeah. Um, man, I just couldn't believe it. Like that is crazy. I did also see <laughs> I did also see that uh the kid Andrew, uh the kid who played Andrew was in a in a band called Glint. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um I haven't listened to them but Maybe they're good. Uh, as always, I took a look at the uh, production side of things. I looked at the director of this, who we've actually talked about before. Um, speaking of Halloweeny, uh, he directed that Pete and Pete episode. Um, in oh, fact, he, wow. he, he, he nice. directed... Uh, I'm sorry, I should say his name. Uh, this is Peter Peter Lauer. And Peter Lauer directed uh, four episodes of Pete and Pete. Halloweeny, Tool or Die, The Call, and King of the Road. Um, he's also directed on the secret world of Alex Mack. He directed, uh, I guess I'm going to now do the math here. Uh, he directed 18 episodes of strangers with candy. Wow. Um, so (laughs) he must've brought this kid with him. Yeah. Wherever he went. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he did two episodes of the Chappelle show. 
Um, and he, he mostly works in TV, uh, Dead Like Me, Arrested Development, uh, 12 episodes of Malcolm in the Middle, Scrubs, oh, nice. The Mindy Project, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Awkward, The Jim Gaffigan Show, uh, oh, and uh, one episode of the much maligned Young Sheldon. Um, nice. So uh, he is uh, he's a TV guy and like pretty successful. Yeah. Which makes That's me happy because cool. like, you know. I feel like with a lot of people, this movie would have just destroyed your career. I I would say that Crybaby Lane is his crowning achievement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) He still talks about it, like, to this day. (laughs) Uh, Well, I also took a look at the writer of the episode, who we've also talked about on the show. His name is Bob Mittenthal. He's kind of like a legend uh, for 90s Nick, uh, he wrote on Welcome Freshman. He he wrote on The Adventures of Pete and Pete, in particular uh, Field of Pete and Golden mm-hmm. Pete, on Golden Pete. Uh, he's a writer on over 40 episodes of Rugrats. Uh, he is the co-creator of Kablam! with Will McRobb. Uh, he wrote on oh. 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd, The Naked Brothers Band, The Loud House. Um, and so... Uh, he's just been around a long time. So him and Peter Lauer, who worked together on you know, a bunch of Nickelodeon stuff. Um, they, they, uh, they referenced that this was a local ghost story that they had heard in Ohio. In particular, Lauer had heard in Ohio. Hmm. He said, um, there was a famous, famous haunted farmhouse. And if you went up there at midnight, you could hear a baby crying and it would make your high school girlfriend scared. Um, so, um, apparently this is kind of the origin for, uh, why they started working on it. Interesting. Um, trivia? Yeah, I got it. Just a couple things. Um, I mentioned uh, the Treehouse of Horror episode. Uh, that Just want to say that's Treehouse of Horror 7, the story, the thing, and I. It's very similar to this. Okay. Um, also, just wanted to note this this came out uh, about over a year prior to the Fellowship of the Ring uh, movie. Yeah. So I Way found ahead. that pretty, yeah, pretty strange. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the trivia that I had, which I thought was really interesting, was the alternate casting for Bennett originally was Tom Waits. Whoa. And I thought that would make a much more interesting movie. <laughs> <laughs> would Tom yeah. Waits have done it? I think he would have. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. Yeah. I'd imagine his voice saying all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, Waits is kind of, I think, an underrated actor. He's been like really good in the stuff I've seen him in. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, Renfield and Dracula, Bramstoke yeah. and Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> the last I think I saw him was um in the uh, Buster Scruggs segment, the with the guy yeah. digging for gold. Yeah. Uh, he was really good in that. Um, I love him. <laughs> uh, some of the trivia I had here was that this was originally envisioned as a ten million dollar theatrical release. Um, but Nick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow, well, I was right. Um, but in, but instead, it was ordered to be a made-for-television movie with a budget of eight hundred thousand, which is still like a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, the film was shot in the village of Kingston in New Jersey, um, in a little over twenty days, with one extra day of shooting in Ohio. Uh, they oh. shot in Tontogany, Ohio, for all the like shots of the town like exterior stuff and i i did notice that all the license plates in the movie were ohio so um 
Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering where the movie was set in, so I guess that's it. Yeah. And there are there are lots of parts of Ohio that uh, absolutely feel like this movie. Um or like where it's set, not not the tone. Um Yeah. <laughs> um the other thing I saw here was that only two scenes ended up getting cut from the movie just because of like the budget and time. Um one of the scenes alluded to um skinny dipping that's all it says there was like a skinny dipping scene which sounds right uh and then <laughs> budget and time for that to, i guess to cut that. um and it's... then another that depicted an old man's head fused on to the body of a baby in a cemetery <laughs> i like it <laughs> yeah that would have been awesome <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, so that's my trivia. Do you want to do some strap observations, Andrew? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I noticed, uh, a couple of the posters on Carl and Andrew's, uh, bedroom wall. Did you guys catch any of them? Yes. <laughs> I guess the largest one would be the Undertaker poster, and that was, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he was quoting that for his WWF stuff, but I, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just kind of a neat nod because the main, well, one of the main characters is an Undertaker, so uh, I thought that yeah, was kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also saw a Stone Cold Steve Austin poster. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure I caught any. One was a football poster, but I couldn't tell exactly what yeah. was happening. Th- those were the only ones I could specifically make out. Okay. I guess something I want to know that Endeavor really talks about it. I guess it was too graphic, but I didn't understand how the quin- how the twins were conjoined. Mm. It never really yeah. explains it. And I know that they show in the Undertaker's uh, little parlor area there that he has that like conjoined. Um, yeah, it's like uh, calf skulls or like a yeah a goat skull or something, but they're conjoined to the head and. I was just trying to imagine how the twins were conjoined in the first place. I don't yeah, know why I thought torso. Was there anything in the video or a movie to imply uh, that? It does say that the reason both of them died was that one of them got oh. sick and that because they shared a liver, <laughs> yeah. the other one soon got sick as well. And then they gotcha. both died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, M- Mr. Bennett, uh, says that uh, humans swallow how many spiders a year in their sleep? Mm. I want to say five. Yeah, it's true. Five <laughs> spiders a year. <laughs> Good fact. I'm not sure if that's <laughs> correct, but... Um, uh, Gary, the groundskeeper, was woken up from a dream about this. Did you catch this? Um... Or he, oh. this is his claim. Oh, anyway. yeah. Price is right or something? Yep, yep, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Well, I just thought the, the fart joke cheapened it. There was like a little <laughs> fart. It, I wrote it down at one point, mainly just I made a note of the toxic masculinity of the brother, but I think Andrew was trying yeah. to say something to him, and he, he said something about wind or whatever, and then he farted, and I was like, well, that just cheapened the whole film for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the dad was very, um, uh, the dad just seemed very absent, I guess. He said, oh, like, well, yeah. I could go out looking for them, but they're probably just out having fun, and then yeah. I just get sick or something. Or no, he said he'd fall asleep at the wheel and 
crash. So it was just, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like how uh, committed he was to his, you know, made up story. <laughs> I think the only other stray observation I have, or just a thought is the whole idea of the root going down to the soul of the dead person. And I don't, uh, I just don't understand if that's, are their souls staying in their body? Did what kind of supernatural <laughs> beliefs do they have? Are they, do they go wherever they were supposed to go after they died? Or are they just stuck there? And, um, yeah, yeah I just, just thought that was weird. I didn't understand the philosophy behind it. Yeah. We're just like leaving everybody stuck to their body. Um, instead of freeing their souls you know um did you guys catch the model of the cheapo casket that bennett like instructs kenneth to (laughs) switch out for jim gaffigan it's the old daniger 4015 (laughs) (laughs) i did notice that the corpse had no shoes on whenever he like was lifting or no shoe Maybe it was shoes, but he had no pants on. He had, like, underwear and shoes and socks. And I guess, you know, because the casket is closed on the bottom, I was like, is that implying that they're always like that? It was just a weird little thing yeah. that I noticed. That is weird. Yeah. Um, well, two quotes that I, I had picked out that I thought were pretty good were, um, who peed in your cornflakes? <laughs> and uh, my absolute favorite quote in the movie is before like Jim Gaffigan and his wife storm out I think wow. uh, Mr. Bennett is like they're looking at a into the coffin at a dead guy and uh, Mr. Bennett just says I tried to make him look healthy <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that wow. um, yeah. yeah I loved it um just a couple other random things I wanted to mention. Uh Carl watching the atomic bomb going off on the TV. Um just a strange moment. Uh Kenneth punching Bennett to wake him up. Like uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they're trying to revive him, punches him. Um but that was pretty funny. Uh also, I think my favorite line in this episode. <clears throat> Bennett uh, talking to Gary the groundskeeper and Gary's like you think I all I have to do is dig a hole and it's like well yes <laughs> just like the delivery of that was so good yeah that was good yeah. I think the um, strangest line is um is uh, Hall saying that he wants Andrew to marry his mother so that he can be his father. He's like, I told you my mom likes you. It's like he's 12 years old. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty deranged. And But then he follows up by saying, Hall says, my mom always said you were pathetic. Yeah. I, thought she, I thought she wanted him. Um, did you happen to note when they go to the cemetery, the girl says she wants to bring someone back to life, who she says? Oh, was it uh, Princess Die? Yeah, oh, Princess Die. Nice. And then Andrew's like, "You would," or typical, or something <laughs> like that. 
And then she says something like, you probably want to bring back Princess Leia. And I'm like, that makes yeah. no sense. She didn't <laughs> die in the movies. And uh, Carrie Fisher was not dead in 2000. She was alive at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to catch the, the, you could see the year the kid died on the grave. If, if we are mm. to believe the kid is one of the Mullers. I just knew it was like 1960-something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 1969. Mm. Um, And then the last thing I would note is there is a moment in this movie where the mom and dad are, you know, they're disagreeing about how to parent the kids. The mom eventually goes up to um, the boy's room to see if everything's okay. Do you notice that when the mom goes upstairs, the dad changes the channel to watch like a fashion runway show of like, yes, (laughs) like swimsuit girls? And then when she comes back, he quickly changes it back. <laughs> I did not notice this, but yes, <laughs> pretty humorous. Yeah, his dad is. The men in this movie are just like you know, not not great. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's take a look at the ratings. Uh, on IMDb, Crybaby Lane has a five point four out of ten. Um, mm. It didn't have a rating on TV.com, which I guess didn't totally surprise me. Um, so out of five, so out of five Krebs stars, what would you give Cry Baby Lane? Uh, I gave it a three out of five. Um, that might sound a little, little generous, but I really liked all the, um, a lot of the details of it. I liked the glowing worms, actually, if they had like done something cool with it. It's like all the story elements I liked if they had just stuck with them and like carried them out through whole the whole movie instead of switching randomly to something else um having said that though it's like obviously uh, a mess story-wise like just <laughs> I, I don't know like barely held together kind of uh so you know it i i'm maybe enjoyed it more because of like the uh halloween aspect of it and i have a sucker for that of course um so you know three okay respectable i mean i don't agree but respectable (laughs) (laughs) um what did you give it zach okay so before i before you reminded me that it was out of five I gave it a 6.66. I wanted it to be spooky for Podtober. Yeah, hell yes. (laughs) But if I really did have to rank it out of um, of five, I think mine would maybe be like a 3.5. Just because to me, it's it's almost on the same level as like the Silver Sights movie. Mm. Where there's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I do like the fact that it's a little bit grittier or just some of the details are just kind of uh, I don't know just like nasty like the whole conjoined twins being sawed in half and that's like your jumping off point I I like that <laughs> creepiness of it and then they kind yeah, of went yeah. for it and of course that's what I remembered the most as a kid just that that story um, I don't like all the performances but kind of like Andrew I do like just the spooky atmosphere and the fact that it reminded me of are you afraid of the dark i kind of just wish there was a little bit more of a a moral in the ending where 
something to do with the how the twins related to the two brothers in the story. Uh, yeah. So their, their reconciliation made a little bit more sense, or at least felt more impactful. And I just felt like the, uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? How, how Andrew dealt with the evil twin as far as saving the day just felt a little anticlimactic, even though, you know, he was almost about to be buried in dirt. It's uh, <laughs> I wish they did have to dig up the bodies and switch them or they, or maybe you find out that really they, they, one of them wasn't evil and that the dad was maybe abusive or something. I mean, he did keep them locked in a room forever. And <laughs> yeah. you, I wish there yeah. was just something else yeah. to that story. So it felt like that, you know, everything panned out in the end and there was just a good resolution, but Overall, I'm going to stick with that 3.5, and I, I like it for what it is. It's, it's definitely more infamous than I think it deserves to be, <laughs> but I, I like that fact that it's kind of it. It evolved into this urban legend of something that kids kind of remember they saw, but weren't really sure about it. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it all makes sense. I know you got you guys have kind of like pers- I think you guys have persuaded me <laughs> up a point five. Um, <laughs> you know those are those are those are pretty uh, like convincing. I mean I mean listen this this movie has it all. It's got conjoined <laughs> twins, seances, uh, dog attacks, bike riding montages, kid running in underwear montages, <laughs> exploding boats, Lord of the Rings references, a cop chase. So. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to sell it too short. I, I absolutely don't think I liked it quite as much as you guys. So I'm, I'm going to go with a 2.5. I was at a two, but I'll, I'll go 2.5. And you know what? Cause I think, I think come October, right? Like next, I'm saying next <laughs> October, future Octobers, this might be a fun thing to throw on, especially if you had people over, right? Yeah, like, and this right. was on in the background or whatever, this seems like I have a very soft spot for, you know, Troll 2 and Halloween 3, yes. <laughs> you know, these 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 movies that are definitely Halloween centric, but that are, you know, there's a lot of heart, but not a lot of payoff. And um, this seems like it would fit right in that that like sweet spot of like just an October day of having Crybaby laying on. Um, yeah. so just for that reason, I think, you know, there is some value here to me. It's not probably what the filmmaker was aiming for, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was an easy enough watch with a convoluted storyline. Um, some, some problems with, uh, the characterization of like girls and, um, uh, I mean, we've already mentioned Carl's just. A garb, a garbage human. Um, so, <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I'm super happy we watched it. I mean, it felt like I, I felt rewarded watching it um, in a weird way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I I do want to just say I wish that somebody had a copy with the Melissa Joan Hart like segments. Because uh, I would just love to watch. They it are on them. YouTube. You can oh, see they are? like her. There's one of her introducing it, and then there's one of her while the credits are playing where she's like oh. following up on it. And then I think there's even one where she's talking. It's like a preview uh, of it coming on later that night. Oh, cool. Uh, I'll and it's fantastic. Check out. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. All right. Well, do you guys want to name the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Um, well, this one, we'll see if you guys recognize this from, it's kind of part of a line from the movie, but I called it the sons of Muller. (laughs) (laughs) The sons of Muller. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I've got it down to, to like two ideas. You want to throw both, both of them out. We love doing that. Sure. Okay. (laughs) All right. So one of them, I swear I've heard this before. It's probably somewhere else, but I almost made it like an Aria for the dark thing. So it was like the tale of the terror twins. Ah, Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then the other one I thought of was the, the cry of the conjoined. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. (laughs) Even though they're not conjoined anymore. I wanted to work that word in there. (laughs) Yeah. I like the it. cry of the conjoined is um, <laughs> I love it just because like, I think actually with that name, it probably would not have ever aired. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with that one. I like that one. Yeah. yeah okay. that's good. Um, I'm very happy with mine. I, I, uh, you know, I usually am not, but, uh, I feel pretty good about this one. I'm, I'm calling this the root of all evil. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, thank you. Oh, geez. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you'd really have to, you'd have to watch the whole movie. That's a name that only pays off if you watch all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, all right, go back around. What are your names? The Sons of Muller. (laughs) The Cry of the Conjoined. And uh, the root of all evil will um, post those on Instagram and uh, everybody can vote for what they think Crybaby Lane should have been called. I mean, Crybaby Lane's probably the right name. Um, yeah, I, I guess. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, well, before we wrap up, we do have a uh, emailer from a new listener. Uh, you want to hear that? Yeah, sure. Cool. Um, this is from someone who just calls themselves Mr. Mayonnaise. Uh, so it says, uh, Hey dudes, I just started listening to the big orange couch last year in the summer, my second most nostalgic time of year. I took a short break and then picked back up in mid fall, my most nostalgic time of year. Then I stopped and have started again in seasons of nostalgia. I find myself reliving pop culture favorites from my childhood. I was born in the mid eighties. So the golden years of my childhood were right smack dab in the middle of the nineties. Speaking of reminiscing about the 90s, I hope you can appreciate that I'm using the Comic Sans font, which I know you guys can't see, but... (laughs) Um, Anyway, back to the pod. I really enjoy listening to it. While I'm interested in 90s Nickelodeon, I think what draws me back more than anything is that it's it's a well-put-together podcast. It's well-crafted in all parts, TV audio clips to start, a familiar introduction, a small group of reoccurring guests, regular segments, musical jingles, reoccurring episode themes, i.e. countdown list, episode reviews, interviews, always ending with a relevant song, etc. I think I I find myself returning to this podcast because it's so consistent and well-produced. Oh, hey, here's a strap observation for you. 
I've only known two people in my life to consistently pronounce the word especially as especially. My brother and Joey. <laughs> when you say especially, Joey, it makes me think of my brother and that makes me happy. So please keep it up. <laughs> and this is uh, the first time anybody told me that, but uh, you're absolutely right. I do add a K to especially. <laughs> or I'm sorry, I add a K to especially. <laughs> um, and now for an idea. In the same vein as the Pete the Heat series you've done, Maybe next summer you could do a series or two or three podcasts featuring Salute Your Shorts, especially since every episode of Salute Your Shorts takes place in the summer. Possible name for the series, Salute Your Summer. I'm looking forward to Podtober and to many more hours of nostalgic listening. All is pipe, Mr. Manny. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's really nice. Man. Thanks for yeah. writing in. Yeah, it's um, good to know that, uh, you know, even three years in, people are stumbling upon it and uh, yeah. finding some worth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that wraps it for uh, Crybaby Lane, a uh, a journey I'm happy we took. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, what are we doing next, Andrew? Uh, next time we're talking, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Night Shift. Mm. Yeah. We're going to have uh, two people on for that one. Um, so this this episode was specifically requested by our longtime listener, Vincenzo. Um, he's been chomping at the bit to talk Night Shift. And uh, I guess, we have two. Um, yeah, so sure. it's, uh, it's a good, uh, good sequence of events here that we are going to get to talk about it with him. And then we'll also have a call that with our buddy and uh, fellow artist with Zach, um, Brett Wilson, who's going to uh, talk to us about some yeah. things he has coming up. Nice. Yeah, so that should be a good one, Night Shift. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can find us on Twitter at BOC Podcast, Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us like Mr. Mayonnaise did at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. You can leave us a review. Shout out to our newest five-star reviewer, Vince Ham, who says a must for any 90s Nick fan. Um, awesome. We really appreciate that. Uh, and speaking of appreciating, uh, Zach, thank you for taking some time out um, to talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. I was happy to. Anytime to talk about something spooky, especially 90s Nickelodeon. Well, this will be 2000s Nickelodeon, but <laughs> yeah, any anything <laughs> like that. And I love your October episodes, so it's, it's really cool that you guys asked me to be on here. Yeah, hope to have you back. Yeah, it was great having you. Um, and I guess we'll see you next episode. Boils and glowworms.
Say bulls and glowworms? Boils. Boils and glowworms. Wait, like what? Boils and ghoul. Like boils oh, and ghouls, but okay. like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a step slow here. Okay. Um,